We live in times where everybody seems to be working for money. There's a few though who know how to make money work for them. They do this using their knowledge of personal finance, investments and insurance. If you want to be that person, you've come to the right place, my friend. Hello and welcome to the very first podcast episode of The Policy Project. Your one-stop shop to all things money, insurance and finance. I'm your host Jagu and to kick off this podcast we're going to talk about how you can get started on your journey to acing personal finance. Now if you've had to explore it before you realize that personal finance can be a sticky wicket and sometimes overwhelming but that's where the policy project comes in. Our mission is to break this code of complex financial concepts and make them easy as pie for you. Believe me as we go on you will realize that it doesn't matter if you're a pro investor or maybe just starting to dip your toes in the finance world we've got you covered but before we start i want to share a personal experience with you through college and my first couple of years at work now we're talking like a really long time back it's not like there was so much money you got an allowance maybe you earned a little bit here and there but you were basically spending it on what going out friends food dates all of that Basically I was overspending and not saving anything at all. Look, I enjoyed what I was spending, but at the end of the day I was also complaining about how I had nothing in the bank. Then an advisor made me start an SIP, investing a small sum in an equity mutual fund every month. Now this was starting 2005, okay? And all through the changes in my life, that monthly installment continued without fail. Believe me nowadays that monthly installment is the price of a dinner at a fancy restaurant nothing more but after all these years it's become enough of a pile that i now think of it as part of my retirement plan that is the power of planning saving and compounding but look sometimes personal finance can be like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole there are so many pieces and it can be hard to know where to start but with the right approach in hand and a steady push it gradually becomes easy to fit the pieces together that creates a clear financial picture and once you know how to do it there's definitely no looking back now i may be no expert but i know someone who is and that's exactly why we're excited to have neeraj gupta the ceo of policybazaar.ae as our guest today now neeraj is a gold mine of experience in the financial industry and is committed to fostering a more financially aware society in the UAE prior to his role in the capacity of ceo he was at the helm of the motor insurance vertical at the flagship venture back in india and he firmly believes that his mission is to spread awareness on financial and social security hi neeraj welcome to the show thank you so much it's lovely to be here so neeraj look i want to start with some of the basics everybody needs wants wishes to acquire the information that it requires to be one step ahead in personal finance is that information difficult to acquire to begin with for a lay person someone who doesn't know finance so let me say that it's not difficult but there is a plethora of information available right see what a typical person does uh, he wants to learn everything very fast right he wants just tell me the secret behind it so that i can just get things done right uh, that's not the way it works you will have to put in the effort you will have to really learn about it and that is how it is uh, there is no age when you can start you, whenever you start it's a good start 
So there's a lot of information available. You will have to obviously understand that, spend some time, and you can become an expert with your own finances. What you have to realize is what works for you, what you read, what suits you. You don't have to be bogged down by what others are doing. Uh, what we've seen in financial world typically is at times you start comparing yourself with other people and that becomes the problem, right? You just spend uh, time with the information, absorb that and that's how you start. So Neeraj, let me ask you this. Aside from information, there is also the important factor or we believe it's an important factor about the age at which you start acquiring this information as well as the age at which you start applying the rules of personal finance to your life, to your savings, to your income. You know, there is this perspective key. you have to start as early as possible. That is a thumb rule to the point of a cliche. But there's enough people who hit a particular age, 40, 45, 50, and then they say it's too late. But the fact is that those people will also at some point want to retire, have savings in place for education, for marriages and all of that. Is there a late where it's too late to start? Now we don't want to know. No, it's never too late because if you are living, you're surviving, that means you need financial PF for whatever life you have ahead, right? Sorry to be as crude as possible, but yes, there is no age, there is never late. Uh, and you Fair. start, see, I'll tell you very uh, small things, right? We kids used to start some sort of financial planning when we were kids here in school. We would get some pocket money. We will figure out, okay, yes. I'll spend this money in this canteen. This money, I'll buy an ice cream. Huh. Oh, that's also a start of financial planning, right? Uh, essentially, what is We were never good plan- at it, mind you. <laughs> End of the month, there was never money left. Oh, that is always going to happen at these cool times and all, right? Because you obviously sure. uh, wanted to do a lot more with uh, what you could afford at that time. But that's that's okay. But what I, I'm saying is that's also a start of financial planning. That is how it is. So there is no age where you hmm. can start or there is no age where you can't start. Whenever you start, that's early. And the early you start, the younger you start, you can start applying it in small, small speeds of things. And that is how you keep on building on it. Neeraj, let me come to the UAE specifically. The UAE is almost a unique lifestyle as it were. There's stuff to spend on, there's stuff to enjoy that. So the temptations are always there. Are there strategies? Are there, well, tips, fixes? Give it whatever title you want. But specifically for living in the UAE, is there a strategy so that we can live an almost worry-free life as far as finance is concerned? See, when it comes to finance, irrespective of the geography, but I hear your point on UAE side, definitely there are many more temptations as compared to probably any other part of the city or of the world, right? But the thumb rule remains the same. You know what your income is going to be. So you need to plan your expenses according to that. Not based on how your neighbor lives his life. And in Dubai, unfortunately, at times you get tempted by that also, right? You will see a lot of... So here's the thing, Dubai shopping festival gets over a few months later, Dubai summer surprises starts in between. There are two, three sales anyway. I feel that temptation. So absolutely, Jagu, you're absolutely right. Uh, There are many festivals, as you rightly said, and you get tempted. You have Dubai shopping festival, there are summers, and in between you have other festivals. And what you look at in Dubai in last couple of years, there is a shopping festival every other month. So you're always tempted. Now, there are financial products to plan for that also. Now, for example, you have credit card. Uh, What you should do is compare those credit cards and why not come on policybuddha.ae and compare. And we can probably recommend you the right cashback product. 
So what we can help you with is, okay, you do shopping on electronics or you do shopping on clothes or you do probably travel, you spend on travel or whatever. So there are credit cards which will give you probably a cash back on that. Uh, so those are the great things where uh, probably it can help you save some money. See, everybody coming here to earn money, probably save something for their post-retirement, have a good life. I keep on telling Please, now you've come to a country which is probably more developed and you have a lot more uh, fancier, nicer things available. That does not mean you start spending on those. If back home in the country, you were living in an apartment which was probably not in the center of the city. Now, don't expect that now here you want to come and you want to live at the beach in the topmost apartment because people are doing or your friends are staying, right? That's the thumb rule I follow. Keep yourself grounded, spend on what you feel is right and what you could afford. Fair enough. It is not necessary to be Ronaldo's neighbor or Shah Rukh <laughs> <Exactly>. Khan's neighbor. <laughs> we can live somewhere else. Yes. Fair enough. I fully accept your point. Look, I want to come back to the analogy that you used about college days, where at some level, there's, there was always a certain level of financial planning. The point is, when I was in college, which let me be honest, was many, many years ago, there weren't that many avenues. You literally had an envelope in your cupboard and you tried to save money by putting it over there. You know what I'm saying? But now the avenues are far wider. There's also more sources of income for younger and younger people. So for young adults, what would be your advice? So a couple of things that we are seeing, especially the post-COVID age, right? What we are seeing in younger people, hmm. there is more sense of financial planning that we are seeing because they've seen things go really out of hand in their families or their near years, because earlier what you would do is you wouldn't imagine or most of the people in our age haven't imagined where everything stops. And for a lot of people, no income, nothing, everything stops, right? So what we are seeing at the younger age, they're becoming more aware of financial aspects. And what I would really recommend to them is do understand what you want to do on the financial side, whatever income you think. If you are earning, definitely plan about that. If you are a student, then at least keep on reading about new things which are coming about, right? When we talk about financial planning from a specifically from a policybizar.ae perspective, see, we consider insurance to be a key factor because what we believe is from a middle middle income group perspective, right? Insurance is the only way where you can protect yourself and probably have some sense of comfort if some eventuality happens in your family. That's the only way it can happen. The people who earn millions, they really are at a different segment, right? They can afford any eventualities or any urgent emergencies that happen. But at a middle income level, it becomes very difficult. So the protection is is substantially important. It should be literally on the top of the list, prepared exactly. for any eventuality. Exactly. So what we call those is the three Ds of life. Uh, we call it disease, disability, and death. So those are the three Ds, which are the protection. See, for example, tomorrow, if you have an emergency where you need to get hospitalized, uh, the hospital bills are increasing year on year. The inflation, the cost of medical care is increasing, right? And suddenly you have to fund that. Now, health insurance helps you with that, right? Now, people don't think about it. People think, yeah, I am fit and fine. Nothing is going to happen to me. Why do I need to spend money on this? Insurance is for something which you can't plan, which means to anybody, anything can happen, right? That's the foremost principle. 
and that is what at least what we are seeing is a lot of people have started believing a bit post covid because in covid you never when it started you thought yeah this is not our problem covid is not going to happen to me i am to fit and fine and suddenly you see some one of your family members has got really serious is in icu or is not able to really come out of it right uh, so that is where health insurance starts to become a key uh, you plan uh, because you buy a health insurance because you want to plan if tomorrow an emergency happens you really are taken care uh, you don't have to really figure out where the funds are going to come from absolutely right preparedness that's the key now neeraj when we look at personal finance savings is one side of the coin the other side is financial obligations right you bought a house you've taken a large expense say education uh, fees for your children uh, or you bought a car so there's emis so there is an outflow that is almost as sacrosanct as your inflow you're getting your salary but you know these payments have to be made every year what are the strategies that one needs to adopt so that you can achieve that kind of fine balance so that you're not worried through the entire course of the month ki where's the money going to come from fair enough. so couple of things uh, what we suggest to consumers is for example you buying some product on an emi right first of all you can obviously anticipate your income let's say things remain same for the next 12 months or 24 months this is going to be your income right now whatever expense you are building from an emi perspective what you sh- whenever you are building or buying a product on an emi be it a house be it a car be it any other product please ensure you can pay the emi for next 6 months if there was no income right that is the time you really get into that because you never know what happens right so if you believe i if tomorrow my income doesn't come i can't afford this emi uh, probably delay the decision of buying this product that will help secondly once those things have been taken care of and you have that now the other thumb rule is you've planned here okay i'm going to be earning for next 20 years i've taken a loan for 15 years i will keep on paying right but unfortunately if something happens to you then what happens because this loan is going to stay now this pressure comes on your family and that is where uh, we take the third d which is the death which is the term insurance cover comes into play which essentially uh, helps you plan for that so if tomorrow i am not there at least this insurance money will come in and take care of these liabilities for me and probably provide some income to my family to sustain for some time by that time they plan about it right so that is how you plan about it so for example on a term insurance what you do is you list down all your liabilities and what you need to pay for those plus what is the expenses you will incur in next 3 to 5 years as a household expenses and that starts to become your benchmark of a sum insure that you need to buy through a term insurance cover fair enough again preparedness is key exactly so you know all of this more and more nowadays is based on a credit score now to the lay person for instance for me credit score is the same as a good credit score is the same as a good reputation but can you just elaborate for us a little bit about why that credit score is important and how it impacts my savings and obligations so credit score is for a lot of people they are unaware of credit score we are associated with the industry probably we keep on speaking to people we are aware of credit score right so policyza.ae the first mission it started in uae was to make people aware of a credit score 
uh, so we've started on that journey. What essentially is a credit score? And people get surprised. Okay, so just to go back, uh, how do people come to know about credit score? They apply for a loan or a credit card, and it gets rejected. And then the banker or the representative tells them, "Sorry, your credit score is poor." And he's like, "Okay, what is a credit score?" Now, credit score is essentially whatever your liabilities have been and how you've been responding to payments on that. Are you making payments on time? Uh, whatever facilities you're using, uh, have you been paying the bills on time? For example, in UAE, a lot more data goes and gets collected. For example, you have your Deva bills, Empower bills, your mobile connections bill. Are we paying those on time, or we are making late payments? Uh, if you have credit card, are you revolving? Or are you making payments? What I mean by revolving is: Are you only making a minimum payment or sub payment of the total bill, and take the amount to the next month? Which means you probably are a you need that credit, right? Uh, on which you're paying an interest. So what essentially credit score takes into account from a layman's perspective is whatever bills you have to pay, whatever uh, invoices you get every month, do you pay them on time? That's the layman of a credit score. Now, how does a good credit score help you? For example, if I go to a bank and I'm applying for a loan, the good credit score tells the bank, "Okay, this person's probability of defaulting on a loan is very low. He has a good credit score, which means he will meet his obligations. Whereas when the credit score is lower, it means the bank says this is a riskier consumer. So what this can translate to eventually." Uh, it has not started, but what it will start to eventually translate to? Okay, Jagu has a better credit score. He is less riskier. Let me give him a lower interest rate because obviously it looks like that I am not. He's not going to default. Whereas Neeraj probably has a lower credit score. Means a riskier consumer. Let me charge him a bit more. So that is essentially what a credit score helps you or helps the other party realize about you or gives the information. Fair enough. Okay, which is why it becomes important. It literally has an impact on your monthly finances, as it were. Yes, exactly. See, that is why we always say for consumers in Dubai. See, if Dubai you look at, everybody has too many plastics. What I mean by that, everybody has three, four credit cards, and a lot of people are just maxing out. They're so easy to get, yeah. Exactly. It is becoming now more uh, what I say logical about it. Because now a lot of information is getting central, so it's now not. It will be virtually impossible now to get a credit card if you're defaulting on the other bank's credit card. So you will not get it, right? Fair enough. Which is the sensible thing to go about? Exactly. See what the uh, country's uh, central bank or the finance ministry is also doing is trying to create that awareness in people. See, credit is available. It is available at a low cost in comparison to probably your home country. But that does not mean you just take that uh, loan and start utilizing it. Uh, so you should always be clear that your EMIs or whatever loans you have, they are below about a 40-45% of your income. If they're more than that, which means you are really stretching yourself. And probably you are one or two incomes away where, or one or two months away where you can start to default if the income takes a hit. Fair. No, no, that's something, and that's a thumb rule to look out for, as a matter of fact. Yes. Now, Neeraj, before we let you go, there's one thing that I want to ask you. I know you're starting us off 
via this podcast, via a lot of other stuff that PolicyBazaar.ae does. I know you're starting us off on this journey, but give me something, a word of advice, if you will, about what it takes to stay motivated and disciplined so that once I've started, I keep going, that it becomes a long-term thing for me. See, to be honest, uh, at times, it's about doing the, probably you're doing the boring stuff day in, day out, right? It is at times about that. There is no secret sauce to it. Also, you need to be patient with this. What happens with financial planning? So, for example, you're planning for savings, right? You Okay, I want to build a corpus uh, probably 10 years later uh, for an expense of my kid's education. Or I want to go and study abroad. Or I want to do a higher education after 10 years of service. Or I want to buy a house. So, my point is be patient at it. And the amount, whatever you keep aside in savings, you might not see that doubling, tripling up, right? So don't get bogged down by that. Have the head on your shoulders. Uh, be very sensible about it. And please do only in instruments or in things which you understand. So important that point is. And quite often, if something looks too good to be true, it is really too good to be true. It, it's not possible, right? Uh, and that is how... I'm thinking cryptocurrency here. <laughs> I believe for that, we will have to have a new series of podcasts or new series yes. of sessions. Uh, but yeah, but I also, a couple of consumers come to us and say, we want to invest in crypto. I'm like, fair enough, go ahead. But obviously, you need to have different buckets of your investment. Now, don't put in, if you are a salaried person, your income is stable, you get an income. Uh, and there is no other source of revenues or incomes for you, uh, please invest in non-riskier because this is your hard-earned money which you earn, right? So you need to decide how risky you want to take an investment. But always, if something is too good to be true, please be watchful for it. There is no mantra, there is no instrument on a regular basis which doubles up your money in six months. Sorry, that does not happen. I, I fully accept that. Having having learned from my own and other people's experiences, I fully accept that. <laughs> Neeraj, we're going to let you go, but thank you so much for this. It's been very insightful. We're hoping to have you back soon enough so we can quiz you a little bit more just so that we get guidance on getting our personal finances together. Very much appreciate you doing this for us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jagu. And for all the listeners, I would recommend uh, do here uh, the policy project. And if you have any questions, please do post them so that we can take it in our ongoing uh, sessions. Uh, and thanks, Jagu. Thanks for having me. Entirely our pleasure. Thanks so much. You know, I want to quickly go over the key takeaways that we've had from our very insightful conversation with Neeraj. Let's just put down a couple of points here. For one, personal finance is a lifelong journey. And it's important to constantly educate ourselves and make informed decisions about our money. Basically, do the boring stuff. There is no secret sauce. Also remember, age is not a factor in this journey. Sure, the earlier you start, the better it is, but it's never too late to start your investment journey. And remember this, personal finance is a two-sided coin. Sure, you invest your savings, but you also control your expenses. If your EMIs are more than 50% of your income, that is a potential red flag. While we're on red flags, another thing to remember, a good credit score has very tangible benefits on your finances. For example, revolving your credit card payments is a really bad idea. It will adversely affect your score. 
and it's important to check your credit score regularly and take steps to improve it if necessary. With this, we come to the end of our very first episode. Thanks for tuning in to The Policy Project. We hope that you found today's episode informative and engaging. Remember, this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to personal finance. We're set to discuss many such topics in our future episodes. As a matter of fact, in the next one, we want to be busting age-old financial myths. We're going to be conversing again with Neeraj Gupta, the CEO of PolicyBazaar.ae, basically about the most common myths that are still prevalent today. The important thing is that knowledge of these is an absolute must to make sure that one doesn't fall victim to scams or bad practices by any other individuals or institutions. That's what we're going to be chatting about next time. And we're all set to discuss many such topics in our future episodes. Don't forget to tune in next time for more money, finance and insurance tips on The Policy Project. And follow the show and make sure you log on to policybazaar.ae to know more about how we can benefit you in your journey to acing personal finance. This is Jagu. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.